Welcome to the Multiverse of Badness, weekly reviewing comics most writers wish. Time would have forgotten, I'm your host Mike, and of course I have, as always, acting as the long overcoat to my public exhibitionism, talented artist, musician, and all-around good long-term relationship fodder, Zach, how are you doing today, buddy? I am awesome, and not only in how I'm feeling, but just to verify what Mike just said about me, I am awesome. (laughs) How are you today, Mike? I am doing well, just lucky, lucky to have you here as my co-host as always, and yeah, I think uh, most people I know, podcasters and fans alike, the show is not the same without you. Nobody wants to hear me talk for 30 minutes about anything, much less bag comics. Thankfully, we have... Zach, and a bag comic today from June 1980. We revisit Flash number 286, another comic involving this week's author, Carrie Bates, who was involved in Superman 249, which included the Terror Man, Flash 304 with Colonel Computron, and a comic we nearly reviewed today, New Guardians number two, with legendary cocaine-fueled villain known as Snowflame, who's an amazing villain, but he was stuck in a comic that aged so poorly, it was even too toxic for us to discuss. (laughs) <laughs> I did not realize that Kerry Bates had such a profound impact on us as a podcast. Is Kerry Bates like sleeper J.M.D. Mateus to us? Yeah, I, I would call him like the junk version of J.M.D. Mateus. <laughs> Tosh, man. <laughs> no, Kerry, if you actually listened, I doubt you do. But yes, um, we really enjoy the stuff. When we say stuff like that, as Zach says, we do it. With much love in our hearts, and obviously you wouldn't be on here three to four times if we didn't love you and the villain you brought us this week, Zach. Can you explain to the Mob Squad who said villain is? I am just so happy once again to bring you a Kerry Bates flash spectacular, much in the vein of Colonel Computron, which I believe was one of my picks as well, so you're welcome. (laughs) Mob Squad, (laughs) sit down. Buckle up and get ready for this week's villain. It is none other than the Rainbow Raider. The legendary Rainbow Raider. Put that on. This man, he's amazing. Possibly the best suit I've seen in DC comic book history. (laughs) But before we talk about this comic, we have to talk about the ad on page two, Zach. We're talking cowboy boots. And what they can do for a man's ego. Hot damn, it's the saga of Johnny West. One day after school, big... I don't know if Mike was trying to do a guitar or a cat then. (laughs) (laughs) One day after school, a big ginger bully kid is bullying a little kid about his horse, I assume, when a cowboy intervenes and goes, here, wear boots. Boots will help the situation. And God damn it, Mike, they did! They did. I can, however, tell you, not to sidetrack the podcast, my parents used to own a boot outlet store, and I can tell you, as a kid in middle school, when you wear cowboy boots to school, cool shit does not happen. But I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless of that, we start out this issue with Barry Allen looking like warmed-over dog shit, I must say, as he leaves the station and hears about... A robbery in progress. The new police commissioner, whoever he is, has got Barry working overtime. He's doing the night shift, the day shift. God damn it, he's still mourning the death of his wife. And in his spare time, he is the protector of the city, as none other than the Scarlet Speedster himself, The Flash. Barry Allen is a man with the weight of the world on his shoulders in this issue. In this issue? In this (laughs) issue? 
the shoe in this you issue. You need a tissue? And it, you can see it on his face. You're completely right. Yeah, and so he runs to the museum to save the day. And as he gets there, he sees a rainbow in the sky. And we are presented with a glorious mansplaining about why this makes no sense. <laughs> it was quite passive aggressive, wasn't it? It's the, You know, like, a text box in a comic doesn't respect you when it starts with, as everyone knows, <laughs> natural rainbows can only occur when sunlight is refracted through water droplets. Thanks, Len, you shit. <laughs> well, Len is just preparing us for what's about ready to happen. As Dude, Barry fucking nighttime goes- rainbows are terrifying. I can only imagine. I've never been witness <laughs> to one. Thankfully. So, Barry goes into the museum, of course, dressed as the Flash, and he confronts two very sad security guards who tell him, hey, don't go upstairs to confront this guy because he is going to just make you sad. Is that a ramp that Barry's walking up or the most poorly drawn steps I've ever seen in a comic book? You can see just on the left in the middle of the frame, there's a slight hint towards them being stairs, but I entirely understand where you're coming from. If anything, it is a a convexly curved ramp (laughs) by the looks of it. But when I want to go back to what you were saying about these men being sad. They're not just sad, Mike. They are grief-stricken. They are literally bawling their eyes out. So much so uh, that the Flash, the funny, lovely, sympathetic superhero that he is, has to physically shake one of them to get any sense out of them. (laughs) Well, you know what? In their defense, you would be sad too if you were in this comic book. Finally, the Flash sees what all the hubbub is about and why these people are sad. It's because they have just seen an outfit worn by a man who looks like he colored with every crayon in the eight-pack box as a kindergartner. Who are we introduced to, Zach? It is none other than, and fucking hold your breath, Mob Squad, because this is a stinker, <laughs> Roy G. Bivolo. Get it? <laughs> Roy Gabiv, like the colors of the rainbow? Fucking hell. <laughs> but he has... A real name here, buddy. Or, let me rephrase, he has a villain name, and it's not Roy G. Bivolo Male Gigolo. It is <laughs> none other than the Rainbow Raider. <laughs> Were you waiting for me to say that? I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> I just thought you were adding an element of suspense to the podcast. Nah, we don't do suspense. You know me, I talk fast for a reason. We try to get these in. Like Domino's Pizza, 30 minutes or less. So we speed right along. And Roy G. Bibolo here. The Rainbow Raider. The See, Rainbow I got it Raider. that time. <laughs> We're on it today. <laughs> well, he's standing here with some priceless paintings. And Flash is going to stop him. He shoots eye beams at Flash. Thankfully, Flash avoids the eye beams. And what happens next is bizarre to me because Flash at full capacity here, has avoided these I-beams, has every opportunity to knock the Rainbow Raider down on his ass and simply just grabs his leg? Yeah, like, it's the Flash. He shouldn't walk in and be like, oh, look at you, you look stupid in that shoulder pad colorful costume. He should just (laughs) run in and get the job done. The Flash has the perfect opportunity to solve any situation by not waffling and just going, done, any situation solved. But... 
he has to, you know, fuck about like he does in his little red costume. But going back to the <laughs> I-beams that we uh, previously mentioned, there's something special about these I-beams. They're blue. And as oh. the Flash matrixes, or should I say, as Keanu Reeves flashes, because mm. this came first, yes. under the I-beams, he says, wait a minute, blue is a cool, sedate colour which can trigger sometimes subconscious feelings of sadness or depression. I wonder if... He can't confirm this is what happened to our security guards downstairs, but after grabbing the Rainbow Raider's leg, he literally lets him go and watches the Rainbow Raider, does nothing else as the <laughs> Rainbow Raider shoots a black beam off into a mirror. Well, this... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, this, is, this really pissed me off, to be honest. Is that... <laughs> The Flash has stood there. He dodges the black eye beam. You think you'd have situational awareness? This isn't his first fucking rodeo. There's a big fucking mirror right behind him. It bounces it back and hits him right in his fucking ass. Yeah, we're 286 issues of The Flash in. Not to also account for the fact that he's in the Justice League of America and countless team-ups along the way. And yet he's defeated by a guy with literally, as we find out, no superpowers and some cool-ass glasses. And a questionable criminal motive that we will get to shortly. <laughs> it, like, all I'm going to say is, this man villains out of nothing but spite. You know what? I am happy with people being petty. And in a way, <laughs> I'm happy that Rainbow Raider, who we don't know his name yet, I apologize... We don't know he's the Rainbow Raider until he writes it on the fucking museum wall and goes, the Rainbow Raider was here like a fucking 12-year-old in middle school locker rooms. And then flies off like the Silver Surfer on his rainbow, or Iceman. In that way, basically, he's shooting an I-beam that's shooting a rainbow that he can somehow travel, I guess, at the speed of light? Uh, who knows? Yeah, was that I something unintentionally clever that Carrie Bates did there? Probably not. But what is clever, or so I'm going to say is clever, and I know you're about no, ready to not, shit all over it. No, it's not. <laughs> but you say your piece first. I have something to say. Well, the Flash, before the cops show up, fortunately runs off, though he is a little damaged. Okay? And he makes it home, and he looks in the mirror, and oh my God, he's whiter than a 60s TV sitcom. And when I mean he's white... <laughs> I don't just mean his skin is white. The Flash outfit is white. Everything about him is white. I'm starting to believe the whole purpose of this comic was to pay less for the colors. <laughs> it was just the mission to save on inking costs at any means necessary. Times were tough at DC Comics. Mike, I want to drop some fucking science on the Mob Squad right now. Please do. I'm not a scientist, and I will put this out there first and foremost, but... We, at this point, are really, as a reader, starting to come to terms with the fact that each different colour I-beam of the Rainbow Raider has a different effect. Obviously, blue makes people sad. Black hits the flash, and as you say, it drains his powers, it drains all the colour out of him. And he comes to the conclusion that, obviously, black, being the colour that it is, is the absence of light, right? Sure, I'll give you that. So why is he all white? He should just be a silhouette. Or if, as he says, that it's, in his exact words, that light is not reflecting off him, he'd be fucking invisible. 
All right. Well, you know what? That's why I don't read science. I don't believe in that shit. It ruins good comics on the daily. Fuck you and fuck your explanation. I'm only sassy. I'm only getting sassy because it was (laughs) the fucking mission of DC Comics to be science forward at this time. And they were just slacking on this one. Well, you know who else is not zoologist forward is whoever wrote the hostess ad because it starts out with Batman literally holding two pumas. By the neck, we're introduced to Catman, who is subdued by Robin in what way? Cake. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and the, what really pisses me off about this, however, isn't that he was defeated by Hostess Cakes. It happens more often than you would think, I've learned. What really bothers me is instead of doing anything with Catman or the wild fucking cats he owns, they literally tie him to a tree and leave five or six wild animals in a park that any child could walk up to and get their fucking face chewed off by. All I'm going to say is, Mike, have you ever had a cake that good that you would willingly let someone tie you to a fucking tree while you ate it? Not only during sex. However, <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. I Thankfully, like to eat cake during sex. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, I've never I tried, mean, but honestly, it's on the agenda. I do have a birthday coming up. Oh, and... Warning, don't try cheesecake during sex. A lot more trouble than it's worth, (laughs) thankfully. We are back to our story, and the reason that our villain is so, so petty, Zach, you brought it up, my friend. What seems to be our fellow's dilemma? Old Roy Bivolo. Well, unfortunately, (laughs) our friend Roy Bivolo, and I'm I'm gonna get fucking heated, Mob Squad, I apologize. (laughs) So, Roy Bivolo, as a child, son of a famed optometrist and a mother character who dies and that you don't know about that. She's just in panels. She doesn't really play into it. Uh, He is a talented artist as a child. You know, art collectors are saying his form and technique are outstanding, but God damn it, Mike, there's just one problem. And that is Roy Bivolo suffers from, and I'm going to fuck up the pronunciation of this, a chromatopsia color blindness, which is a very, very rare form of color blindness where people actually see in black and white. See, I was under the impression reading this that color blindness, it's just like certain colors aren't visible. People don't see in black and white. But it turns out one in every 33,000 people in the world will suffer from complete color blindness. A chromatopathy or what was that? Chromatopsia. Oh, okay. I thought that was when your when your pee pee shriveled up and you had to pee setting down. <laughs> no, that's being cold, Mike. We've had this conversation. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Back to the story. Back to the hand. story. Roy, he can't get his work shown anywhere because the colors are all a mess. Which fucked me off as well because, like, this is the eighties. Like. Pop art has happened. Expressionist art has happened. Experimental crazy art has happened. This isn't the Renaissance. People aren't just looking for fucking realistic oil paintings of shit. Uh, Indie comics have happened. Colorists in comics have happened. He has an entire career ahead of him as a penciler yet. A fucking, exactly, a more than one artist worked on this book. You think they would be like, yo, Kerry, this, um, there's a big old plot hole in the story, right? <laughs> but as parents do in comic books, his famous optometrist father dies, Mike. And on his deathbed, he hands young Roy 
a really snazzy pair of fucking goggles akin to something uh, Lady Gaga may wear. Yeah, well, you know what they don't do? They don't cure his colorblindness. They don't, unfortunately. And that was the promise of his father. He said he spent the last few years of his life knowing that the end was coming, that his final wish was to compensate his son for the affliction that he suffered his entire life. No, it doesn't fix his colorblindness. You're completely right in saying it gives him rainbow cyclops powers. <laughs> and this is what's fucky to me is I love that, as you said, his father said, I'm going to give you something to compensate for your colorblindness. And Roy G. Bivolo decides, hey, he's giving me this so I can steal shit. Compensation, baby. <laughs> So, yes, when he said compensation, he he's convinced that his father, yes, wants him to go out and just steal shit. Which, oddly enough, though, isn't for the money. Not- it's just because he's a big dick. <laughs> exactly. There's no financial gain in this whatsoever. He is stealing priceless paintings because if I can't enjoy them, you can't either. Nobody does petty like Joey from So Wizard except maybe this guy. I just want to point out very quickly, we're not going to do all the adverts in this book, but the Fun Factory Super Gifts and Gimmicks page, there is conceivably, Mike, you'd say 50 different items you can buy on that page, maybe more. Yeah, roughly. Why is fake chicken the only one in quotation marks? Do they send you a real chicken? (laughs) It's a dead chicken. It's a dead chicken. That's all I had to say. Please carry on. (laughs) Well, it only gets worse from here because we are introduced to the lovely Fiona as she knocks on Barry Allen's door to give him a letter that was sent to her by mistake. Barry Allen tries to be polite in his response, but just comes off sounding like an incel. And she says, fuck off, dude. I'm out of here. Yeah. She's like, hey, I've got a letter for you. And he's like, oh, I'm uh, a touch pale this morning. Get it? Because he, all the color pigment has drained out of his body and he's completely white. But if I wasn't, I'd invite you in for a coffee. And she's like, fuck you, dude. We haven't met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barry doesn't seem to mind. He's like, yeah, fuck it. You know what? That was a bad line. Uh, but I've got shit to do. And thankfully... <laughs> He has another woman that's been in his life recently, his dead wife. And thankfully, he's holding on to something that used to belong to her when she was alive. He didn't get rid of her things, at least not everything, because he has something that is going to help him get through his workday. (laughs) We are treated to two panels of a completely colorless flash using his dead wife's hair dye and makeup to make himself seem semi-human. And I love that he even goes, oh, the flesh tint ended up a bit rosier than I wanted it. Is he walking around with one of those fucking Hulk Hogan hot dog tans? <laughs> oh, yeah, brother. I'll tell you what actually bothers me the most about this is that he went through the trouble of coloring his pale chest and then putting on an entire suit over top of it. Unnecessary, but vain as fuck, so more power to you, Barry. Yeah, it's just because he wants to flex American Psycho style in the mirror. (laughs) Well, it comes off well. Unfortunately, Barry's boss gives him the business for being over an hour and ten minutes late to work. Barry's lamenting, yeah, it's going to be a rough day for me. I'm going to have to work the full hours. Except that's not really the case, because as soon as he walks into his lab... (laughs) He hears on the radio, 
hey, there's some really nice paintings down at the art gallery. So he says, fuck the job. I'm off to do flash shit once again. He's going to be pulling a 16-hour day tomorrow, I guess. They just accrue. It's he's got so, but I guess you know when no one's looking, you can do some really fast lab work and just be like, "Hey, all the work's done. I was here. You can't prove it." It's the eighties. Video cameras haven't been invented yet. But the Flash, he trundles on down to the art gallery because he is sapped. He has no energy since the color has been drained from his body. He really hasn't been feeling his best, and we are treated to a panel. Uh, or maybe just some of the best dialogue I've ever heard in a comic. At the art museum, Rainbow Raider has shot a red beam into the room with all of the art collectors, which is the rage virus beam. They go full 28 days later, and we are treated to, Eek, how dare you pull my hair? To the response, I'll pull more than that, you old cow. <laughs> That is the most Swansea fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. I'll pull more than that, you old cow. Oh, yeah. This is hilarious. The The bubbles on the page that you're talking about are glorious. But the fight scene underneath, man, it is pure chaos at the art museum. And we are treated next to the Rainbow Raider standing on his rainbow, enjoying himself and just holding a fucking priceless print. Like, ah, this is cool as shit. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Dad would be really proud of how spiteful I've become. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Flash is here, thankfully, to try and save the day. But as you said, he's not his 100% best. And he's still moving pretty fast. I mean, let's be honest. I still think he could take the Rainbow Raider, but... We are given the scene where the Rainbow Raider has another power, and it's very similar to one of the heroes we reviewed in our second episode of the Multiverse of Badness. Zach, what does the Rainbow do to incapacitate our hero? Well, in the words of the Rainbow Raider himself, he says, I like to call this effect my bright idea. It's a real dazzler. This is actually released before the Dazzler comic, but after she appeared in X-Men. I did look that up. <laughs> now, this is where things get a little screwball-y for me. Okay, Zach? Oh, this is where it happens. I don't think any of this actually happened. <laughs> the Flash falls off the rainbow that he's been standing on with Rainbow Raider. Good fucking hundred foot full. Yes. Now, remember that he is not at 100%, so he can't move as fast as yet as he's about ready to slam headfirst into a debilitated Buick. He's able to move his molecules fast enough to phase through the roof and somehow not phase into the seat. Amazing. I just like that this street on one side is the fanciest art museum in all the land, and right across the road is just a scrapyard. What happens as he phases through, however, Zach? Well, luckily, DC came into a bit of money. Maybe some inheritance came through, and they could afford green ink, because all of a sudden, as the Flash phases through the green car, he picks up the colour. He somehow regains the colour green, and he feels a little bit better for it. And he gets a bright idea. Shit, there's cars of every colour in this downtown scrapyard. And he starts (laughs) flashing about through the yellow school bus, through the other coloured cars, picking up all the colours, slowly regaining his power. Unfortunately, Mike, as we know, as powerful as the Rainbow Raiders' goggles are, they do not fix his total colour blindness. So to him, he thinks he's just given the Flash a concussion and he's (laughs) bouncing around like a fucking pinball. 
<laughs> well, I love the panel where we are introduced to Barry Allen in the Technicolored Flash suit because it is every color of the rainbow. Looks amazing. And then for some odd reason, explain this to me. Riddle me this, Batman. Why is it two panels later? He's just normal fucking colored again. <laughs> well, I want to really uh, nail something home here now for, for this, Mike. It's become apparent that both of us feel that the Flash at multiple times, not only in this story, but maybe in his career, could just use his speed powers to his advantage and save the day without any fuss or muss. And by regaining his powers, now is the time that he just goes, your goggles are mine, and the book goes, thank fuck, I'm done. <laughs> the way he does it is even better. Because how fucking dirty is it here that he can stop in front of the Rainbow Raider and kick up enough fucking dirt to bury him? On the Rainbow Raider's rainbow, I believe. He, I, I, am I led to believe <laughs> that he is flying around with the speed of light on a dusty rainbow? A lot doesn't add up here, but as you said, he takes the goggles issue over, thankfully. Anything you'd like to add? Uh, we've got segments to cover that I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll get all of our feelings out in a nice, succinct little way. Okay, then we will do that with the segment we call The Multiverse of Sadness. What made you sad about this, Zach? Oh, we're going sad first this time. Yeah. Uh, genuinely, this book's... I'm torn between its lack of attention to detail or just how fucking abruptly it ends. When I was reading it, I was genuinely, I got to that page where he yoinks the goggles off the Rainbow Raider and then realized underneath it said, next issue, blah, blah. I was like, is that it? It's just, it's, it felt so just rushed and anticlimactic as an ending. Not that it was an epic saga of a story by any means, but still. Well, we've seen that occur in several issues that we've reviewed. I think the reason why it feels that way, and I could be wrong, I believe there's like 35 or 36 pages to this, and yet there are only 17 or 18 pages of comic book dialogue. There's a lot of adverts. As many or more adverts as we do comic dialogue. As far as sadness for me, I'm not really too sad about a lot of things in this comic. It's stupid, but it made me happily stupid. It's, it made me happy. Sadness, I guess if I'm going to give it anything, it's that the Flash is so stupid that this could have ended after five pages as soon as he met the Rainbow Raider, and yet he's a cocky bastard and he doesn't use his power. As you mentioned, he's been doing this a while, 286 issues plus, and yet he still doesn't know how to knock this guy out instantly, so that that is kind of stupid. Well, I mean, the Flash is prone to making poor decisions. Then, now, you know, back then he's quipping and stopping and not taking the chances tactically in the battlefield nowadays he's breaking into houses in hawaii <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say about that oh so gladness buddy what do you like gladness would it be cheap to say this book yeah, honestly, no, like, uh, yeah, this uh, this is my kind of favorite fodder for the multiverse of badness. I, I think maybe just Silver Age DC tickles a part of my brain in a way that nothing else does. It's just so dumb, so dumb in such a beautiful <laughs> and spectacular way. 
No, I agree with you. From using the rouge or blush or whatever to completely paint his body as well as his chest, to treating the nice young lady outside like she's just trash, to ending in one panel just because it's like, okay, we don't have any more fucking reason to write. We're just going to stop right now. Fight's over. Yeah, it, it checks off every Silver Age box you need. And just the spiteful villain. No financial gain. That's my kind of villain. A guy with a chip on his shoulder, not some fucking, I want to get rich quick, motherfucker. And the adverts. So yeah, it checks oh, off every box it's, we it's need. Just, <laughs> it's just a solid read. So I have a feeling we're both going to land on the same side of this question, but you, as always, are tasked. With asking it, Zach, what is it this week? And I, as always, have forgotten to prepare a name for this segment. So <laughs> this week, uh, we are going to play... Uh, <laughs> flash it or slash it? Yeah, this is what I was going to say, flash it or something. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure what it's like over there in them their colonies. But uh, flashing over here means to show your willy to someone. Yeah, it's it's a thing over here, but you know what? But I like I this book so it's... much, I might show my willy to it. If the book <laughs> consents. <laughs> of course. So, flash it or flash, slash it, or it, slash it. Like with it? All right. So, what do you, I'll start. I'm going to flash this sucker, man. Full trench coat, open wide, and doing my little pee-pee dance. I really enjoyed this book. I really liked this a lot more than the Computron book for some reason, even though the science is equally wonky. It has just a goofier feel to it. Copiatron was, uh, I don't know. I didn't like Nerbal Whistler or whatever his <laughs> name is. Not a fan of his. But this guy, petty as the day is long, horrible looking outfit. Yeah, I'm going to flash it. What about you? I'm going to flash it, and I'm going to get a bit of a chub on first. I'm, I'm going I'm to flash this book, but I want the book to be impressed with me because I'm so impressed with the book. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Cir circle of love here between you and the book. It's, I love it's it. It's so just so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those ones that, as you always say, if it puts a smile on your face, then it's worth recommending. And I, I read this on lunch in work, and I must have looked like an idiot, sat there on my desk on my own, <laughs> eating my little noodle pot and grinning ear to ear like the fucking Joker. <laughs> well, uh, no complaints from me either. So I think two flashes... And a fun little read. So Mob Squad recommended for a change. We both recommend it. However, we are done with our show. So we have to tell you how to reach us on the social medias at Multiverse of Bad on Twitter, at Multiverse of Badness on TikTok, 1949393931. And finally, via email, Zach, how might one reach us? You can reach us at using lipstick from your dead wife to colour in your super suit at <laughs> multiverseofbadness.com. And as ever, and I hope you use this one, you can reach us at Mike's Little BB Dance at multiverseofbadness.com. Hey, man, you got to let your freak flag fly sometime, <laughs> and I am here for it, Mob Squad. Thank you for listening in. If you've made it this far, we hope you have. And as always, if you're perplexed, by the current ongoings of Noel Edmonds and Mr. Blobby. Fear not, Mob Squad. You're firmly entrenched in the multiverse of Noel Edmonds. <laughs> Which is a terrifying concept. I know you don't know Noel Edmonds that well, but geez. No idea. No idea. <laughs> <laughs>